Mark, are uh, you feeling particularly joyous today? I'm feeling so full of joy because I've had to watch you practice mm. 45 minutes of self straight not eating that croissant. That's uh, <laughs> about uh, me. Boys and girls. I'm sure they wouldn't have minded. What, if I shoved a massive croissant full of flakes? Yeah, or, anyway, Henry Louis are listen, cool. They wouldn't mind. Boys and girls, the reason that I did not eat that croissant is because I was so distracted by some lovely eyes and some even lovelier words <laughs> from some of the, yeah, I mean, I'm going to just keep using the word lovely, but I, I, it's self-conscious because okay. they are lovely. They are lovely human beings that make lovely, lovely music that will make you feel joy, want to do nice things and have a great time. Yeah, expand your vocabulary, man. So they are like a rave meets a self-help group meets mm. a deep South America gospel choir, uh, mm. all live at three in the afternoon on the South Bank. Via Soho. The Soho thing was a like, what a great hustle story. Traipsing around Soho with Celine Dion on your back, almost literally starting a butterfly effect that leads to a free trip to Jamaica six months later, but not for the person who did the traipsing. Awesome hustle story. Have you actually said they're Joy Anonymous? <laughs> right dream team as we were just saying off camera not to stroke your egos too much but we're very happy to have you on not just because you're clearly lovely human beings not just because we quite rate your music as well but because you <laughs> radiate the energy and the message just in life that we try and you know share with the world as well but because with musicians it's quite easy to get a little bit grumpy it's quite easy <laughs> in this very hard industry despite doing something you love you know, it, it's hard. It's a really hard industry. We all know that, right? So mm. our goal on this show is, you know, to help musicians and we, our audience we define as musicians probably under 25 at the start of their career that are good. They're making good music. They're writing good songs. They're playing good shows. And they are now at that stage where they're like, I want to make a living from this. How am I going to build my plan to do that? What have I got to do? What have I got to think about? So an intentionally broad question to start you off. If you could go back in time and speak to Joy Anonymous starting out, what do you guys in your journey so far think you've learned or seen or experienced that are the three most important things that helped you that might have made it a little bit quicker that you wish you didn't do? And that's an intentionally broad question because I want to see what comes to mind. Top three that you would tell JA starting out. Well, I mean, like, firstly, thanks for that. Yeah. Those kind words. Very lovely. And <laughs> nice to hear. I'd say, like, I don't know, thinking about our journey, it's very much been trying stuff, not being afraid of failure. We tried mm -hmm. random setups when we had bands and different instruments that we'd never even played before. Even when we started doing South Bank, the 404s, which I was using yeah. to do beats on, I've never used that before. Yeah. It's now what we use in all our live shows to this day when we're doing, like, arenas and oh, stuff. Wow. So. The unpredictability you should embrace. That would be yeah. kind of my first one. I'd say also never forget the importance of just doing stuff. Like there's so many things that like people kind of put off or be like, oh, it's not quite as amazing yet as I'd want it to be. Or mm -hmm. thinking about, you know, stage 10 too much as opposed to one, two, three, four and all these different weird meandering routes. Mm -hmm. You never know yeah. that will come through. Like the amount of stuff mm -hmm. that Lou and I kind of did on a whim or like got so passionate about that we had to like, you know, we started this label years ago and we were like, oh, we have to fill the room with fake fruit. And we got really gassed by it. No one else <laughs> care about those. And actually those things then knocked on and then suddenly people would look back at what we did done then and be like, wow, that was actually like having that direct vision and doing these mad moments that seem crazy and you think no one's actually going to care. In yeah. time, people really look back at those things and like gain their own inspiration from those moments. And we've had mad collaborations that have happened from doing ridiculous things that you know yeah. you never know what's going to knock on and i think it's so often i remember really early days being like 
oh, you know, we need it to be like this huge thing. And it's like really, you know, we had to have a big choir and band and all this stuff. And actually so many of those little journeys that people will never even just start and do. Like if we'd never gone out and just sat on the South Bank just to make some little tunes, <laughs> this whole added, added, like added bit to our journey would never have happened. So I definitely think what Lou was saying and also just doing stuff is two of the main ones. I'd say surrounding surrounding yourself with people who have similar passion in what they do it doesn't necessarily have to be in music. I think music helps, but building people around you who are like, you know, as we as you said at the beginning, it's such a hard industry and being a creative, particularly today, can feel very demoralizing and can feel very yeah. like there's this big wall ahead and you feel like you're chucking things into the abyss a lot. So by having people around you who kind of really care and share in that place, um, I think it's so important. And definitely like when we were first doing stuff, just having all these other artists, doesn't matter what level they were at, all just putting passion into what they were doing made the world a difference. Building mm. that ecosystem around you is so valuable. Wow. Can you um, tell us a little bit more about these knees ups on the South Bank? Because I think they're a <laughs> really, really good example of kind of uh, playing with it and just having fun and mm. doing something a bit different and giving it a go and who knows what the fuck's going to happen. And then actually quite a lot of things <laughs> Did yeah. yeah, that's like yeah. our best example, I guess, of that uh, happening <laughs> yeah. in real life. It was when lockdown happened. We had a bunch of equipment, including a camping battery that powered stuff <laughs> outdoors, this being the crucial ingredient yeah, yeah. to this. <laughs> and we were genuinely just sitting around the flat that we're in now, looking around going, hey, we've got all this stuff. Like, should we just go and try and plug yeah. it in? Like, we've done it on the roof once and like a couple of times. Like, should we just go and plug it in on South Bank and just see if it even works? That was like yeah, step yeah. one. We're like, oh my god it works cool we're getting noises this is fun and going, oh, make a beat up. like about half an hour people started gathering you know people that were exercising gathering around going like oh i quite like this when yeah. we kind of realized that it could become a bit of a thing got really excited by it and just kept doing it kept coming out a day in day out like we did you know five days on the trot and half an hour became five hours each time because we were just so guest improvised yeah. improvised sets and i think what was different about it is there's a lot of busking and phenomenal busking in mm. London. It's normally like guitars and keyboards and singing. Mm. The fact that we were doing it with like quote unquote club music, electronic music, beats, yeah. I think gave people that feeling that they like were in a club, but they were on the South Bank. They could see St. Paul's <laughs> Cathedral yeah. and it was a safe space. Some people come for 10 minutes. Some people come for three hours. It was like this beautiful yeah. Yeah. Thing and again, like back to the previous thing, we'd never planned or thought if we start this, it could become this beautiful yeah, yeah. community. Like, never once did we think that. We just thought we're bored. Let's go make some some sound. <laughs> that process, two year process of performing there, made basically our first album, Human Again, which was recorded using all that same equipment. We sampled people that we met yeah. down there. All the features on that record are people we met down there. So it's an example oh. of that simple thing, just wildly rolling down the hill. And it was amazing because it it kind of actually was the most purest form of what we were intending to do with the name Joy Anonymous. Like when we first mm -hmm. came up with the concept, you know, we were thinking about performing in theatres and it was all based around, I don't know if you know of like anonymous groups like Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, yeah, Alan, yeah. things like that. You know, I had a few family and friends who were in those groups and was going as a supporter in the beginning and afterwards was like, oh, wow, what if we put Joy in the corner? And we thought like, oh, we could go and take these to theatres and like, old people's homes and reform places things like that <laughs> and then lockdown happened and this actually became the most pure version of it because there was no barrier to entry there was no kind of feeling that oh i have to be part of something to 
come along or whatever you the amount of people who came and just said their testimonies or got on the mic and that was the other thing there was like as long as, as much as there was club music there was kind of live elements involved so they would you know vocalists would come and jump on and express themselves or we had one night where our whole band did come down and there was like a drum kit on the south bank and like oh, wow. you know we did all that stuff as much as they were like parties there was kind of a depth to it there was like a lot of you know we because we played for five hours the first kind of two three hours was actually quite like emotional and based around like more song and as the night progressed, it would go into more dance areas. Kind of like ambience would yeah. play like just like drones for like the first ten minutes. With yeah, them, like, <laughs> talking to the people, almost having a conversation. Like, it was, yeah. yeah, it was a beautiful time, and I think something that no and I will know, like it will never leave us. That like, even today, you know, we I live not too far from there. We walk through the Stone Circle quite a bit, and it still hits me every time. And we're like, mm. if nothing else happens, we have that when we're seventy. Me and Luke can walk down there and be like. <laughs> That was ours. Like, yeah. I don't know if you can see up there. Oh, yeah. like a blue plaque. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was about to. Oh, what? <laughs> I was about to make that joke that, like, you know, the blue plaques around London. There'll be yeah. one on South Bank that goes London's first ever electronic busking set. Well, yeah. well happened here right up. 30, 40 years ago. The words Amazing. Um, wow. So the first plaque we put up is down on the set, yeah. on the bank of the just past the Tate. By the founders' arms, that bit of yeah, yeah beachside. beachside down there. So it's now covered in moss and green <laughs> stuff, and it's become a bit of like a relic that people yeah, will, kind of will travel to and send us <laughs> send us photos and stuff. So confused tourists are walking past. Yeah, it says join on <laughs> gathered here and brought joy in lockdown. Yeah, so. tidewater society. <laughs> wow, and that's I like like you know going back to the first things we were saying that as an amalgamation of all those things of like, we went out not really knowing what was going to happen, just did it. And then never realized the, like what could have happened with it snowballing. And also like, you know, it, that time also had a lot of our artist friends be involved in the music and also influence their music. So it was mm. kind of like a real, yeah, it can be more encapsulating of what we're trying to and we should just clarify you guys were a lot less well known then weren't you it wasn't you know you went yeah, and yeah. told your 100,000 Instagram followers we're going to be here in an hour yeah um, no one had, no, no one had heard of us and we, and we weren't even posting about it like it wasn't you know we, we've been doing music for a while so we had like friend like community in London yeah. but it, it wasn't like fans and stuff which was so beautiful because so much of it was word of, like word of mouth it wasn't we weren't sharing it on socials in the beginning. And we were a bit wary of sharing it as well because it was COVID times. And yeah. Like, <laughs> wanted to be, like, didn't want to be insensitive. And, yeah. You know. Which summer was it? Something. Well, it's, it was 21. It's 20. 20. Right. Oh, so this is summer 2020. Proper. This yeah. is eat out to help out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, really, if we're being honest. Or go and rave on the South Bank. Yeah. Joy out two, to help out. We did two consistent summers, like, back to back. Yeah. yeah, and we started in the Stone Circle outside uh, the South Bank Centre, and then mm. we did about I think probably like twenty there in a row, and then yeah, uh, and then we got a citation saying we had to move past <laughs> Blackfriars Bridge, so then we moved outside the Tate Modern, and the best <laughs> very <part>. precise. <laughs> there was like a little map that they yeah, had. You must not do it here, but you can do yeah, it two hundred seventy-three like, meters yeah. over there. Exactly. <laughs> they had like they brought a map out, like we were doing a South Park. <laughs> All these police came and they brought this citation out, and then we were like, "Okay." <laughs> so we just moved over Blackfriars Bridge, and it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> they were all being really sad. Yeah, they were really sweet. I they think were they really knew like... 
some of the police were saying to us like this is really great just we need we're just doing our job da, da, da. Oh, so, private land and, and there was like the community aspect as well quite a lot of people would like litter and just you know there was beer cans and stuff so we started bringing down bin bags and at the very end say on the mic yo can everyone help clean up yeah everyone would like be clamoring to try and get a bag so they could help to clean yeah. up the like, whole place make a little us. song put it in a bag put it yeah. in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just lovely and the police like you to see that and that obviously yeah. helped yeah well mark there is something i want to ask the buzz about if you'll let me which is you know you've used the word community a lot gents and that's something we talk about a lot on the show and artists and how they build a community um but i think something you guys have done if this it doesn't feel too over the top is you've, you've created a bit of a movement like not just with those south act things like so for context i can share this like quite a few of my friends i have received the message along the lines of just had the best night in my life at one of your sets like dramatic <laughs> statements like that which i believe because you know it's not like a dramatic social media post just trying to get out like it's just like a private message it's just like sharing yeah. friends. <laughs> so e- even just in my circles i i my immediate circle i have so many people that have like these incredibly strong joyous no pun intended memories attached to your set and your music and i feel like whenever you guys pop up on 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 my social media as well in in like different contexts yeah movement feels like the right word because it's that thing we said at the very start of the show you've you've almost communicated through your music and through these things that are important but not as important as the music stuff like brand and that kind of thing i feel like you guys people just get it quite quickly and that's probably what you were talking about with the south bank thing people walking into it got it when they saw it and that's why they're enjoying it how much of that was conscious you know you talked about the anonymous side of it and that really sweet story you just shared a few moments ago but in terms of as it grew as it grew past that even post the south bank stuff how much of it was you know even as simple as make people feel joy how much of it when you're thinking about the songs you release and the type of shows you're playing and even maybe the social media posts yeah how much of it was conscious i think we have a lot of intention in the creation i think there's Mm. like that, you know, we, Lou and I chat about music every single day of our lives and have always been so inspired by like other musical movements, whether it be early hip hop to, you know, the French house movement in Paris and like all these things that were like real police, like the Hacienda days, these things mm-hmm. where they're like, there was a cornerstone and then there was a movement around it and all this stuff. Yeah. And I think today it feels as community has been split up more and more because of, you know, we are being more isolated and all this stuff. There was this kind of weird, beautiful keyhole moment where the world felt so isolated at that time and we then jumped through and did this thing yeah. that we always were like, oh, we, how amazing would it be if that would happen or that would happen or like you could have a movement. And then I think it's now in hindsight where we go, oh, shit, we have actually, this is that. Like, And yeah. it's not just the Joe Anonymous meetings. It's like the music we're producing with other people and being involved in other artists' work. It's feeling like, like I think... After a while of doing the Joy Anonymous meetings, we are like, shit, we could be the sound of the world opening up again. It's definitely starting to feel that way. Whereas I think before we were just doing it and, you know, you know, like I think it's much easier to then go, oh, look at all these points that actually did line up. And, you know, the, even the idea of a hand symbol of people coming together came from an accident. All these things were happy accidents. Mm. But like there's kind of two strands to it. I think on the creation of the music side, like we're very about the lyrics we use is very about like trying to uplift people and there's definitely intention there but I don't think we have intention in what how it affects people like that just happens and suddenly you can look back in hindsight and go oh wow those things have all done things and now we do a show and everyone does this and everyone's part of the community and it's like Jesus this is a, it's, it goes beyond us and I think that's I think that's how musicians should always feel if I'm honest like 
yeah. that the music and its impact is beyond the creation, but the creation is the like ignition to get into those places. Beautiful. Mark, what are you saying? <laughs> uh, certainly from what we've talked about so far, a lot of your story has been very natural. Have there been some trickier times where you've really had to get your hustle on? And um, if so, how did you get your hustle on? Did you, go, did you camp outside that important music person's house and uh, do a rave till four in the morning till they came outside? We started doing kind of various music things probably like three years before we started doing the South yeah. Bank and doing Joy Anonymous. Like we had our own label called Come Concentrate. I was working a couple of random music jobs at the time and like those were the hustle days, you know. Yeah. We were, I remember walking into all the record shops in Soho with the Celine Dion edit that Hen had made. And I was trying to get it. This was on my lunch break. And they were saying, no, can you send us an MP3? I was like, Mate, it's mean? right like, here. Record, <laughs> and the dude in Fonica came out and listened to it and then ended up taking 100. They sold out pretty quick, you know, cash in hand Sick. stuff. So we've done, we've definitely done our hustle years. And it's still a hustle, you know, yeah, like yeah. touring and everything like that. And we're prolific. We meet up every day and work all day on music you know it still feels I, we both still want to feel that hustle and yeah we enjoy that satisfying to know that you're working hard and but yeah, yeah we've, but, we've definitely done some funny silly stuff yeah and the that. break the breaks definitely haven't got on like you know we're still even doing bigger shows like we want to go and take these south like meetings to other countries and like, like even this year we were in like lithuania and iceland and stuff like that like we want to go and take that south bank thing to places where people don't usually tour so there's always that hustle mentality of like yeah cool we can do a big show but actually let's go and do this place where no one's heard of us again and try it again i think we'll always have that <laughs> so just to make sure we don't lose the significance of what i think you just said if if a, a joy anonymous if i bumped into a joy anonymous super fan and they were telling the story there would be a case that that's that celine bootleg is kind of a key moment if not ground zero for you that came about of traipsing around w1 yeah <laughs> trying to get randoms to listen to you finally one did they took a hundred and we're off literally pure yeah. hustle. and then that led to a guy called raf rondell from yeah shouts out raf two bears amongst other things which led to switch who used to produce major laser etc yeah and then you went to jamaica with switch and then that, that was led a mad to, like, story literally this guy calls us up. loads of stuff yeah like, wow this guy calls us up randomly. Like after we've done that, we were like just sick, got some cash for this record. <laughs> Six months later, this random phone call comes and it's Switch, who's this producer. He's like, Oh man, I fucking love your record. Da, 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 da. And we're like, I didn't even know who he was at the time of Mollis. Then later realized he's made like some of my favorite records of all time. <laughs> and then yeah, he was like, Mate, I'm, I'm in Jamaica next week. Do you want to come? I then go out. <laughs> <laughs> and spend a week with him making wow. these mad shoes. And, you know, the guys made like all the MIA records and like yeah, yeah, yeah. laser records. And that was like the big turning point. Hang on. Know. You're saying Henry got to go to Jamaica because Louis did all the walking around W1. Was that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, uh, that one work. <laughs> Don't know. Sam's done that to me a few times. He's like, we've got Hang this gig, on. it's in LA, only I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so a butterfly effect that ended up in you going to Jamaica started with traipsing around Soho and all yeah, the cool yeah. record shops and with records that we'd pressed ourselves. And that unique level of enthusiasm that you get in some of those places. Maybe, yeah, like made the stickers ourselves and like went around, wrote it Celine bootleg. This you said like Celine bootleg yeah, on yeah. it. Um yeah. Great yeah. story. It was it was it amazing. Time. Kind of on that tip. I remember going to see Fortet play and we, we took me and smuggled the record. It was a 10 inch, I think. So we yeah. smuggled it in. 
we're just dashing it up on the stage. <laughs> and now, like, whatever, 10 years later, we're, you know, we know Kieran and we hang out with him yeah. and do music with him as well. So, so there's the time the Celine uh, Dion edit got you to Jamaica, and then there's the time you nearly decapitated Fortet by frisbeeing yeah. in your 10 inch. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's amazing. Whenever we see people doing that, like we played in New Zealand or Australia, yeah. and some guy who we'd seen at a festival with this SD card, giving us an SD card that didn't work. We tried to play it at this festival. Straight, yeah. Then we saw him a week later at a different show, front row of this guy with the USB this time. I was like, yeah, yeah, give it. <laughs> played it there live on stage, got him up in front of his home crowd. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, like we really love that respect oh, that wow. thing, and it was a spoon as well. Wasn't mm. it milk something? Yeah, milk. Anyway, yeah. So we love all milk that. or something like that. Wow. Okay, so you guys are a good act to hustle, like for a budding <laughs> producer. You've got empathy. You remember those early days. Uh, we 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 just started like this. Um, there's an email we had there called Joyful Primos, and we play loads of people's records. Like you know, someone who's never released music before, but if it's good, it's good. We'll play it. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're, we're big advocates for... What, what was that email? Joyfulpromos <laughs> at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. That's going up on the screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a big ethos of ours is like, don't ask, don't get. It's like the amount of stuff that you can achieve if you just ask yeah. is wild. You know, if you email someone, like we have people emailing us when we're on tour going, hey, you're probably not even going to reply to this, but I'd love to make some T-shirts. And we're like, yeah, please, boom, done. Like, like, <laughs> Like, yeah, it happens. Got, uh... Was that Sam or Sam? You should show your t-shirt. You've been trying to subtly angle to. Uh... Well, this was oh, accidental, sorry. gentlemen. But we, we are we are away. We are away at the moment. We're recording like fifteen of these shows this week, so we're we're lucky enough to be away in Portugal at the moment, recording a, oh, a shit ton of these shows. But we did have a tiny carry on. But I did bring the more joy t-shirt because I did know that we might be having this conversation. So, you know, just gotta radiate that same message to the world. <laughs> don't ask don't get is just a big one as well just... yeah okay well here's something that might be interesting then those it sounds like as mark just said and you know you guys just shared you guys are very much open to to that and like say like mark said you have the empathy of remembering it you know some people we have on a show musicians included like there's a level of hustle that becomes annoying <laughs> and finding that sweet spot you know this happens a little bit more i guess with like you know kind of people that are trying to get signed to a label and the person on the other end of that that kind of thing but yeah. you are going to receive those emails as you just said whether it's promos whether it's t-shirt requests whether it's yeah. photographer requests whatever what's the sweet spot of you respect the hustle because you're busy and you might not see the email the first time but once you're at dm 74 you're going to get an asbo what's the what's the sweet spot between it <laughs> Well, that's a good point. And to be honest, mm. I think it's, a, I don't know if it's a known metric. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's case studies of all, you know, there's mm. some people who just are absolutely persistent and it does yeah. work and they've just, yeah. they just go, go, go. Mm. I think the one thing I can say is don't take like not getting replies as, as an insult because the reality is, are we trying to look at all those, all those short promos, but yeah. if we don't reply, doesn't even mean we haven't heard it. It's just like people have yeah. lives, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's yeah. the same for all these label people, whatever, whatever you're aimed for. People have lives to live. They might have just, you know, the email may have come in and they've just picked their kid up from school and then you don't mean like life carries on. Yeah. That doesn't mean they're insulting you or not like liking what you're doing. I think you just have to keep that hustle arm going, but then make sure you're not losing sight of that you need to make good shit. That's the most important of all of it. So, Mark, is it fair to say there is a chance the three most kind of uttered phrases or sentiments on, what's this, episode 65 of the show are probably, don't take it personally, 
make it easy for the person you want to listen to your music to listen to the music and don't ask, don't get. And you guys have proactively kind of covered all of them <laughs> in your approach to a lot, a lot of these things. So like, it, it's, it's almost really nice to hear, I think, for the, to, for the musician that's listening to this because it can be easy to listen to the person that works on the business side and the industry side, but isn't a musician to go, oh, you don't get it. You just, you do yeah. the day job. You don't get what it's like to actually be an artist that's trying to do all this stuff. So it's, it mm-hmm. is nice to hear you guys, yeah. especially obviously at your success level, kind of share those same sentiments as well. One final thing I'd like to ask is about the fact that you guys do so much. You know, you guys are making the music, you guys are DJing the music, you guys are touring the music, and that you're even kind of giving your time to stuff like this for, you know, helping other people. How do you look after yourselves? Like, you know, you, you just talked about that life happening. Like, you guys have lives outside of all this, as much as I'm sure you live a joyous, joy anonymous life. Like, you've also mm. got lives yourselves. Like, how do you, yeah, how do you look after yourself, whether that's mentally or physically, or even just finding time for yourself? We make a conscious effort yeah. to do all those things, to be honest. Like, we're both really healthy, both really into exercise, wellness. Like, we meditate, mm. yoga, all that, all that jazz. And it really does help, especially when you're on the road. Yeah, just all the obvious stuff, I guess. All the stuff that people say does kind of work. You just got to be disciplined and do it. And we kind of check each other on that and yeah. make sure we stay on top of it and eat well. Diet super important, you know. Massively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, quite boring, but it does all work. No, no. Yeah. There's a reason why the most commonly said things are them. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, exactly. Human happenings, but yeah, and I think I think the, the thing on keeping in check on each other is like goes back to the point of having trying to focus on building it can be as big as small a community but like those close-knit people that are doing similar stuff yeah um doing similar stuff because it 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 helps you keep in check and like your mental health and all that like that's i think that's quite easy to go spiraling particularly in this Mm. world and when you're comparing yourself to others all the time instead of just checking in that's that can be the hard i've got a question about how you guys um interact in the studio um like are you good at telling the other one when that sample they just come up with is shit or do you tiptoe around it and care about each other's feelings how do you um how do you make sure a joy anonymous song never ends up there that is awful because one of you didn't have the heart to tell the other one <laughs> it wasn't yeah. Any good yeah yeah you yeah. just be direct to the point it's rare i mean we've got such similar tastes yeah and like it's rare that we'll be like oh that was bring awful. something yeah. back. Oh, no, i just really don't like that at all. <laughs> yeah yeah, you're so in sync now after all this time. Yeah, generally. There's been a couple of like tunes that we've like semi disagreed on. Like, there's a couple on Human Again yeah. that I like, didn't love at the time. Yeah, now, yeah. Like, now I do. Yeah, I think that ebbs and flows. But I think I think also we always like we always see an idea like through like, even to a smaller bit of like let's make it a bounce or make it something playable and we'll try like we try things out so much mm. so it's not mm. just on us. It's not like we just sit away, make this whole record and then just one day hope it goes out like we play these things in so many different contexts and tweak live and all this mm. stuff so we kind of again it's like the ignition and then then we and then we take the reaction from crowds and stuff and we're like okay this song's absolutely going off or that didn't yeah. right and then suddenly these ideas we never really turned down a beginning idea mm. I, like I, I don't i can't even remember one where we've like gone oh that's absolute shocker like, <laughs> and we just try i guess you've just got to trust each other's tastes as well yeah lots of sirens yeah, yeah it's all kicking um, out <laughs> south bank police has finally worked out where yeah, you guys are well, yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah and just, you know we're lucky to have that like synergy and shared vision and like it just 
seems to work yeah most of the time yeah genuinely touch wood yeah and also like we you know we work with so many other people that we're not we don't just isolate ourselves in it you know like we have mm. very trustworthy ears around so yeah, it's we're always playing stuff to people yeah. and getting feedback sweet right gentlemen i've got one final question for you which is acknowledging the person listening to this is you know quite likely a musician quite likely a musician as we said that is looking at that getting to the level where their music is significant enough to make a living from their music you guys have just recently, as we record this in January 2024, gone through something a lot of producers have questions about and don't really understand how it works, which is you've got an official release of an iconic sample that's come out quite recently in the form of the Sugar Babes record. Mm. In the most radio edit way friendly, sharing things that you are comfortable sharing publicly, can you just explain from first having that idea of that, you know, how you were going to make that record and the fact you've now got the official release out there, and again, what yeah. you're allowed to say, um, because a lot of artists don't, just don't understand it. They're like, do I reach out to the team? Like, who do I register this with? Can I release a bootleg? Like, all of those kind of things. Uh, mm-hmm. In the kind of seven or eight minutes we have left with you, yeah, can you give us a radio edit yeah. on that? Yeah, so, well, quickly on, like, how it works, every single time it's different, just mm-hmm. putting that out there. Like, it yep. really depends on who the artist is and what the sample is, and it can be whole, there's a lot of complex routes. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's very easy. With this one, Yep. It was actually relatively easy okay. comparatively to like clearing a sample because basically our mate Ed had this idea, brought was like we need to make a skang version of <laughs> push the button to play it. <laughs> we generally were making it as just like this is yeah, a funny yeah. that we can play live. We love the tune; it's an absolute yep. shadow. Let's yep. let's make it. We made it. We took these drums from um, Frankel and Harper, great producers, shouting them out. Basically, made this edit. And then we were just sending it out to DJ mates of ours and we were playing it live, all the stuff. And then basically Sugar Babes heard it. I think Eliza Rose plays it at her boiler room set. Uh, and then Sugar Babes heard it and kind of loved it. And basically they were just really keen to have it out. So it was oh. kind of like a lovely, that was a lovely version. Like yeah, yeah. there was no, in this case, there was, yep. they didn't, there was no like, money exchange and they were they were having a comeback moment as well so that was just like an alignment thing and i think we're on the same label island records yeah so that there was a lot that had a lot of things to 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 help but but it was again it was like no intention like we didn't go like oh we're gonna we want this to be a big sugar base feature (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we just thought we just thought oh there's gonna be a some bootleg that we have to play that's fun and whatever it is it is funny though like we've had you know we then had like God Only Knows cleared as well, which was one of our previous yeah. tunes. And but then we've had really obscure, random samples that we've used the last like, three seconds of the outro, and they've said no. And we're like, what were you doing? I could have not told you. Like, <laughs> like, 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 I haven't even heard of them. And they're like, yeah, the guy said no. I'm like, So it can be very hit and miss. Yeah. And obviously, like a lot of that stuff is to do with like, having great teams and lawyers and management. So we're like really lucky to, yeah. to have that now. And, but you never know, make an edit, DM it to the artist. Yeah. They're probably going to listen and who knows from there. And also, I'd also, I know this is probably not like lawyers and everything would hate me saying this, but I generally think if you're a starting producer and, you know, DJ or artist <laughs> or whatever, don't be put off by making these records. Like, if they yeah. get big enough to be a problem, it's a good problem to have. If, yeah. you know, there will be a label or someone who will want to pay that fee. If it's really going and it's really yeah. doing the damage, like yeah. Yeah. 
someone will want to help it. And I think there's like sometimes going back to the very first point, people are scared to do that one thing because they're like, oh, I can't clear the sign, but I can't do the thing. Just make the stuff. If it's for your DJ set, that's amazing. It will have a moment and it might do something great. Like just do it. Don't don't think, oh, because I can't clear it, oh, I'll never be able to release it and yeah. it won't be streaming money. You're not getting streaming money anyway. <laughs> yeah. 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 So just do the things that help grow your your vision and yeah. what you want to create. Yeah. Like, like a bunch of ours, we've like given away 100% of the publishing just so we can definitely have yeah. it and stuff. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Loads of times. So loads of our records, we've done that. Even if they're, even if it's not justified, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. it just like, doesn't matter. We'd rather the artistic vision come out. And, yeah. Um, and it always works. It, it's just better. <laughs> it's just better to do the things rather than yeah. always put off making records just because you scared of the sound DJing as well like every DJ wants random obscure edits that no one else has so if you send them a SoundCloud link of a weird bootleg or something yeah. that's like the Gold exciting dust. thing you yeah. know so if yeah. you're only one DJ away DJ playing it in a boiler room set away from it becoming your moment so yeah I think just as well quickly for our listener I think something interesting on a similar vibe to that is um, Badger at the moment is trying to release this Natasha Bedingfield <laughs> sample um, and the way he is documenting and sharing that, obviously I have no idea what's going on behind the scenes, but at least what is going on publicly, I think is a really fascinating journey of like building that relationship with Natasha Bedingfield and um, for artists a little bit earlier. Yeah, I think it's a really fun, fun social story. You know, you know Badger, he's, he's a legend. <laughs> so, so good. That, and that bootleg is so good. It's such a tune. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Gentlemen, I think we have uh, just a few minutes left with you and we always end this by asking the same question to every artist. So because there are two of you, uh, please have one each but as new music lovers we are recording this on january the 11th of 2024 what is one piece of new music that you guys are each loving right now one piece or one artist just one i mean i'll let you have an artist if you're really obsessed with the back catalog but it's up to you (laughs) i mean we i know we've both been really heavily listening to anish kumar there's a great uh at the moment and he just released the I remember the name of the tape with the Sri Lanka in Sri Lanka. Yeah, like made in Sri Lanka. Made in Sri Lanka, which is amazing. Yeah, I think it's just called in Sri Lanka, isn't it? Lanka, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Huge fan of him. Yeah. I've just been listening to Fleetwood Mac for like two years. <laughs> 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 new artists. Anish Kumar and Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Pretty much. Half <laughs> a yeah. century covered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Waiting for the Fleetwood bootleg. It's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. coming. Jokes aside, we don't normally do this, but because of what we've talked about so much on the show, you guys are so, you have this community around you in this movement. Why don't, I'm not, I'm going to give you a limit of 10, but are there 10 artists that you just want to shout out, whether they're your mates or you just fucking love the music that you want to spend some love to right now? Come on, let's continue. Yeah, well, it's a serious and great um, artist coming up right now. Uh, Quiet Man. Quiet Man. Singer, songwriter based out of Glasgow. Phenomenal voice. Great writer. Uh, Face Soul. Absolute joy warrior, um, uh, Steel at Center, who we made their record um, last year, and they'll be coming out big time this year. Um, salute, salute, bangers. Played with Felix, and I think there's some more exciting plans for sets this year together. Mm. So big fan. You could just make <laughs> names up, and we wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just, just <laughs> keep saying words. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, great new artist called DJ Plant. Husky Loops are back. That's a huge thing. Husky Loops are back. South Bank Collective. Yeah, I mean, we we should uh, we should yeah. acknowledge to the listener that was on the uh, spot. So if they've missed out anyone, that is the fact that, that we it's just put fun. that on them. 
you know I love a good hustle story, Sam. You know I love a good how did this great idea start mm. story. And we got both of those there, didn't we? Like how the South Bank raves evolved, mm. love it. And and the, all the butterfly flex, including working with Switch in Jamaica, <laughs> coming out of traipsing around Soho for a day with 100 Celine Dion vinyls. Love it. I mean, I don't know about you, Mark, but uh, they made me want to push the button. And the button, Mark, oh, that they, they made me want to <laughs> press Makes me feel was... That was follow on uh, at Helping Musicians Pod on Instagram, where you hey. can find not just excellent clips, nonstop hustle stories from 65 shows Ooh. worth of industry humans, lovely Think humans, Think of the fun we're going to have humans. in four episodes time. I don't want to know what edit's going to be made out of that. That's the most terrifying thing. Anyway, follow us on Instagram, at Happy Musicians Pod. Even leave us a review on Spotify if you're feeling it. If you made it to the end of this, I can tell you. Only if it's a nice Find me a cross on. Lots of love. No, I'll take a four star right now. Anyway, lots of love. Bye.